Good morning. We oftentimes call this God's house, and if we're all God's children, then welcome home. I want to invite you to take a few deep breaths with me as we center ourselves in this sacred space. Now understand, while I've been with our high schoolers for several weeks, it has become our custom to have a couple of people light, to bring the light into the room and light the candles. Is there anyone, regardless of age, that would be willing to welcome? Yes, sir. I see one and two. Okay. Well, why don't you go on outside? Maybe, maybe we can have a shankle and a burke head on out. And Ms. Dem can help you, too. Yeah. Thank you so much. And they'll tell you everything you need to do. In the meantime, let us worship the living God. Standing or sitting, let's join together in the call to worship. Let us seek the Lord together. Release what separates us from the Lord. How do we remain hopeful? Then let's sing together. Many praises. be seated. A warm welcome to worship here at Westminster. I know there are some folks uh, back for the holiday that we haven't seen in a while, and it's terrific to see your faces here. I know we also have some visitors, whether you're a first time or one of your first few times. Again, we hope that you feel welcome to this place. A reminder to any of you that there are little booklets spread throughout the sanctuary that uh, talk you through the order of worship and how we do what we do and a little bit even about why we do what we do. So feel free to, to glance through those during the service. It will help deepen your worship experience. Following the service, I invite everybody to go over into Finley Hall right through uh, these doors into the community building to gather for some refreshments and more importantly to connect with each other whether it's seeing an old friend or introducing yourself to one, two, or three people that you don't already know. With that, let's join our voices in offering a common prayer, our community prayer, which is in your bulletin. Let us pray. 
Blessed Lord, as we consider our lives, even in the depths of our worry, we are grateful for so much. Thank you for your grace. Forgive us when we forget these blessings under the pressure of global conflict, the injustice that plagues our neighbors, and the worries of our own lives. Help us to discover all you have yet to give. Lift us, O oh God, to a higher plane of living as we lift our hearts, minds, and souls into your holy presence. Amen. And our prayers continue in quiet. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Christ there is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Know that you have been forgiven. Know that we have been set free from all bondage. And be at peace. Amen. One of the ways we build up the ties of this community is we share what's going on in our lives. If you have a joy that you'd like to lift up before the community or a concern that's weighing you down, please just raise your hand and, and speak up when I call on you. Ah, Susan. Susan, Susan, I couldn't hear the name. What was the name again? Lewis Patler. Oh, P Lewis Patler, okay. Uh, Susan was saying that they're back home. They'd been delayed coming back because of trouble scheduling some dialysis. So thank you for sharing that. Others? Yeah, Forrest. Oh. Oh, so Forrest shares, if you couldn't quite hear that, uh, someone he's deeply connected to whose son was hit by a train and killed yesterday. And so you can imagine the shock waves for that family. So we hold them in prayer. And, and you too, Forrest. Anyone else? I'll, I'll have one. I was going to do it as an announcement, but I think it fits better here. Um, I know many of us are gripped by what's happening in Israel and in Gaza and feel helpless among many other feelings. And one of the tangible things that you can do is to reach out to people you know uh, who are Jewish or who are Muslim to say, hey, I know this is a tough time. You don't have to say much because it's a pretty c complex issue. I know this is a tough time. And when you know I was thinking about you, um, my wife has been doing this a lot in our family with people we know, and every single time it's received with a, that means more than we can explain. I think, and I don't want to judge your life circumstances, but we don't know what it's like to live in that kind of um, fear uh, in your own culture. So the more we can do to just be a lifeline to people, it's a little thing, but it makes a big difference here at least. And we hold everybody in prayer, of course, on that. Uh, are there others? Uh, Deb. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said it right there at the end. Deb is talking about her mother is transitioning into a memory care facility. I know a number of you are navigating that or have 
navigated that or will. And it just brings so much. So prayers for her and for your family and uh, for all those dynamics. Ruth E. Mm. Here, here. It's true. Yeah. Ruthie reflected at the 830 service about some wonderful musical offerings she's already heard this holiday season and is encouraging us to lean into those. And I think it's great advice. Jeff is going to talk today about how to get ready for Christmas. And I am with Ruthie 100% that music is one of the most powerful parts of this holy season. So I hope you avail yourself of opportunities to be pulled into that um, spiritual space through music. I think I saw a couple more and then we'll pray. Denny, and then, yeah, go ahead. Denny shares, I think, a joy that many of you may have shared is being together with some family over break. Yeah, great. Barb. Barb is lifting up these folks that are just caught in the middle of this awful mess and the hostages being reunited and sharing those powerful images that you may have seen as well of that four-year-old child who is um, released just, I think, today or yesterday. Yeah. One more? Yeah, Gil. Yeah. <laughs> Another story of family reunion over Thanksgiving, a grandchild and the joy that that brings. Great-grandchild. I, I didn't say great because I, I can't believe you're old enough to have a great-grandchild. Um, but uh, that's a good note to end on. Um, well, I suppose uh, one more I will say is... Uh, in the midst of sharing all these warm reunions, I know sometimes those reunions aren't always so warm. Or sometimes the holidays come with glaring absences. And so um, our heart goes out to you if you're in that space too. And one reminder is that the church is here to be family for you when the family you were given maybe can't fill the, the holes that you would like. So let's remember that as we enter in this time to be kin for one another and lift up one another in real and material ways. Let's turn to God in prayer. Holy One, we give thanks for the gift of this faith community. And we pray for the ability to live into the calling to be community and kin for one another. That we might share each other's sorrows that we might rejoice with one another, that we might manufacture joy for one another and for those outside this community. Receive these prayers as an offering to you and transform us evermore into your way and into the image and model of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray and it's in his name that we offer the prayer he taught us to pray, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need is to be heard. But to hear what he would say. any children who are here this morning to come on down for a time of discovery. <clears throat> All right, it's nice to see you. Boy, I love hearing those two sing together and those four play together. Isn't that beautiful? Well, it's good to have you here, and I, I should, I'm trying to be better about acknowledging people that may be watching at home. Do you see that camera right there, everybody? You want to turn in and just wave at that camera, because it, there you go. The, yeah, don't get too close, because no, that's, uh, that might scare them. All right. Okay, have a seat, have a seat. But it's good to remember, turn around, come on. It's good to remember that there are people who, for whatever reason, can't be here. In fact, I think my son is probably watching from home today. But there are lots of people who can't be here in person. Sometimes they watch us. So we want to acknowledge that they're here too, including some young ones. Well, today, uh, while you're in Sunday school, Jeff is going to talk to the adults a little bit about getting ready for this special season that leads up to Christmas. Does anybody know what that season is called? Raise your hand if you know what it's called. Uh, winter is one word for this season. It's not the word I was thinking of, but it is a word for it. It's, I'm thinking of the, the Christian word for this season. Do you know what it is? Not December's the month. That's also correct, but it's not the word I'm looking for. Anybody know? It's called Advent. Advent just means coming. It's about the coming of Jesus. And one of the things that's really important to learn in life is it's really good to do some things to get ready for big things, to help us to be, to be ready uh, to receive a gift, or to be in the right place to do something. So there's all these things we do during December or winter or Advent to get ready for Christmas. I'm going to show you one thing that I do, and I'll need your help for this. And then I'm going to encourage your parents, so now I'm talking to you, 
to find a ritual or a set of rituals that you can do with your families to help get ready for Christmas. So I'll give you a, a, a hint, and they're not listening, so they don't even know I'm going to tell you this. What you say to your kids, eh, sometimes they hear it, sometimes they don't. But the rituals that you do with your family and your, with your children will leave a deep and lasting impression. So find a ritual or make one up that helps you make this season sacred, okay? So I'll show one example right now, and you can use this or some other one. So next week in worship, we're going to have a wreath right here with different color, color candles, and each week we'll tell you what they represent. And I have a version that I'm going to be lighting in my office throughout the month. I light a different candle each week with a different picture to help me focus in my prayer time uh, about the season. So I've got a, a version of it right here. So I need uh, five volunteers to flick on these electric candles here. One, boom, two, boom. These are not real flames. These are plastic, by the way. It's just, it's, here, oh, Christian's next. Christian's next. Now I'm going to go to the end. Oh, don't intercept. This is not Michigan, Ohio State. Okay. And uh, you light, and then you're going to help me in a different way. You come up here. Come up here. Uh, no, those aren't real flames. Okay, I want you to line these up right there. No, 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 don't toss them around. Don't, don't toss them around. I want you to break them. Okay, hand them to me one at a time. Here you go. Thank you. One more. One. Next one. Here you go. Here you go. No, no, I need it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Another one. Here you go. Thank you. Here you go. One more. Here you go. Thank you. Yes, we all like fire. Right there. So, I don't know if you can see these, and I won't go through them all. Maybe we can do these throughout Advent. Each of these are pictures of the story. I want you to stay down here so everybody can see. Pictures of the story that lead up to Christmas. And so each week I'm going to uh, set one of them up. And so throughout, if you come visit me during the week, uh, during the month, by the time we get to Christmas, they'll all be lit up. And each one has a scene that will help me focus both on the Christmas story and on the themes of Advent, which are hope, peace, joy, love, and Christ. So your challenge is when you get home, as a family to come up with either an Advent wreath or a ritual you can do that helps you get ready for this season. All right, let's say a prayer. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the time we have to get ready for Christmas so that we can learn about what it means to follow Jesus, to live into hope, peace, joy, and love. Amen. Okay, Bethany's at the back here to help you get to Sunday school. Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. Yeah. I'll read both passages. That'll be great. Our first reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. And give me a moment to get there. <laughs> Incline your ear, oh, I'm sorry, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I propose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. 
for you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall be to the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Our second reading comes from the book of Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Iturea and Traconitus, and Lysanias ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. There will be a quiz on all this later. <laughs> He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. That is a tall order. And they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? John said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not even worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chafe he will burn with unquenchable fire. This too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. I don't like the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> My first Cheesecake Factory experience was, I don't know, mid-aughts, as they say. I was living in Denver, and some friends invited me out there. Excuse me. Okay. Some friends invited me to the Cheesecake Factory, and I, you know, was amazed by the decorations. It all seemed very beautiful. They handed me the menu that seemed to be taken from the Encyclopedia Britannica, this huge menu, and I thought, how can any place be that good at making American food, Italian food, Chinese food, Hispanic food, how can they do all these things? It's a factory. I guess. That's what I was told. So the waiter comes to our table and he tells me what the off-the-menu specials are because Lord knows there are not enough items to choose from in the menu. And I ordered one of those. The waiter goes, comes back, says, I'm sorry, we actually don't have that. <laughs> and I looked through the menu menu, and I chose another thing. The waiter left, and he came back, and he said, we don't have that either. <laughs> well, why don't you tell me what you do have? <laughs> I received my meal. It was OK. And, and some of you know this. My father raised me in the food service business. It's what he did for a living. 
And uh, I will confess that I can be a little judgmental of the meals I pay for, uh, the ones that I'm not making. And, and I wondered why do I want a humongous bowl of something that I didn't really even want to begin with? Because the portions are huge. I went a second time, same thing. You're going to love it, Jeff. You're going to love the Cheesecake Factory. It's going to be so great. And I went, wasn't that good. I went a third time. You're going to love it. It's going to be so great. We all love the Cheesecake Factory. I went the third time. I didn't like it. I went a fourth time to the Union Square location. I ordered a burger thinking, how can you possibly mess up a burger? That was okay. That was okay. Something most of you don't know about me is my uh, irritation at the Cheesecake Factory got so out of hand for a season in my life that I actually wrote a blog about how terrible the Cheesecake Factory is that was strangely popular for a season. <laughs> I'm not alone, I guess. And as silly and ridiculous as all this sounds, you are no different. People tell you that something's going to be great and you do not believe them. And on a more serious note, we are about to embark on the season of Advent, a time of hope and peace and love and joy. So let's be real for a moment. How many of you are feeling hopeful? You're supposed to. That's good. I'm glad some people are. The 8.30 was, man, that was a rough, rough crowd. <laughs> are you feeling joyful? Are you feeling peaceful? Are you feeling loving? I mean, we've got all the things out to prepare us for this. Starbucks has changed the menu over from pumpkin to peppermint everything. 96.5 is playing the music. You can get the wreath. You see the trees for sale. There are all these things reminding us that Christmas is coming. It's Advent season. We are about to put the candles here. We're going to decorate. So why do some of us just not feel hope? It's as if we needed Advent to the Advent. Isaiah, well, they're the Christmas movies. Those are my favorites, actually. Those are the things that really get we, me wound up. You know, the classics, like It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, Die Hard. These are all, these are all the greats. And they remind us, they remind us that this is a season of perpetual hope. Even when you lose your child, you're going to get hope. But it doesn't always feel that way. It doesn't always feel like we're going to have hope. We're going to hang in a little bit longer. You want to just... I'm sorry. quite frankly. The prophet Isaiah, we believe his ministry took place several hundred years or a couple hundred years before the exile, which is a horrible moment in the history of the people of Israel, 597. And before that, what Isaiah was experiencing with people that political leaders and division, people fighting with each other, things coming from the outside going, coming towards them, turmoil in their land, it wasn't really a place for hope. Political leaders fighting with each other, hateful rhetoric from our leaders. I don't know if any of that sounds familiar. But Isaiah comes along and he says, listen, everybody, it's going to get worse. And everyone says, we know. It's been getting worse for decades. It's been getting worse my whole life. And then he says, it's going to get better, though. It's going to get worse, but it's going to get better. There will come a time when the valleys will fill up, the trees will bloom, everything, you will return to the Lord and the Lord will receive you and you will be given mercy and joy and peace. And you can imagine why these people didn't hear that. Why? For generations, we have not seen these things. And Isaiah reminds them, he reminds them that my ways are not your ways. 
or God's ways are not our ways. That is a great nugget of wisdom, isn't it? Because if it was my ways, we would be riding a roller coaster of hope from day to day. Because <laughs> I feel great some days, and some days I look at what's happening in the news, or someone that I love and care about has said something or done something to hurt me or those I love. And so I just ride this roller coaster of hope. We go through crises in our family, with our friends, relationships, people we care about, relationships that are broken, and we ride the roller coaster down. And we wonder if we'll ever come back up. We see the things going on in the world, two wars going on in the world. We feel like we're being pulled in. We see an experience of fragile economy. Or maybe you've had to lay someone off or you are someone in fear of being laid off. And we feel, uh, what we feel is not hope. We don't feel joy. We ride these things up and down. And so Isaiah comes and says, remember, God's ways are not our ways. They're heavenly ways. They're higher ways. They're different from the kinds of ways that you and I experience. And that's a good thing. That is a really good thing to help us stay grounded and so our ancestors recognized that hope, peace, joy, love, these aren't just feelings. Sometimes they're actions. Sometimes they're practices. They're things we have to do. So over time, we've gathered candles. We light the candles. We sing songs. We read the sacred text. We hear the message. We get reminded that hope is coming. We get reminded that peace is coming. We get reminded that joy and love is coming. Not to give up on those things. It's coming. Advent is coming. The season of Christ coming. Isaiah pointing us out to that. People didn't really appreciate Isaiah. He seemed like kind of a strange character. And a lot of people didn't listen. There are those weird people out there and we need them. Those people who have an infectious kind of joy, an infectious kind of hope and optimism, we need them. We need those people in our lives. I could tell you something, buddy. He ain't worried about two wars in the world. He ain't worried about a climate crisis. <laughs> he has marked his calendar and he is excited. He has not given up hope. He knows that his father doesn't want him. He's had an identity crisis in a big, strange city. Doesn't know anyone, but he still has hope. He has that infectious hope and joy, and it may seem weird. And maybe you feel weird, a little out of place with everyone seeming dour and sour. But you are in good company if that is you. God bless you. You are in great company. The, uh, the other writing that we had today from Luke is about John the Baptist, who also was a strange character in and of himself. He took this Nazarite vow so he didn't shave, which is what I unfortunately didn't mean to have going on right now, but I have. He didn't shave wore camel's hair, ate locusts with honey. And that's all kind of weird. I mean, I don't know if you eat locusts with honey. That's okay if you do. I don't mean to make this personal, but these are things that are out of the ordinary. And John's out there saying, Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. Things are going to get better. 
And you can feel this tension. Are they really? Are they really? John is out there. And it's as if he comes to the candle and he is this voice crying out in the wilderness of this dark world that feels so heavy. And he lights the candle because he sees Jesus coming. He sees the Savior coming. He sees God's Son coming and he lights the candle of hope. He sees the Savior coming to light the candle of joy. He sees Jesus coming to light the candle of peace in the world. And we see the body of Christ, all of us embodying the spirit of Jesus Christ, going into the world, into the cubes, into the corner office, on the roadways, on the sidewalks, in the hallways, in the aisles, bringing a spirit of love. And it brings us into that season. You are lighting that light of love. Even when you love the most unlikely neighbor, those who don't expect it. It's hard to hold all these things that are going on in, in our own lives and in the world around us. Wars, climate crisis, relational struggles, work-life balance, all these things. Someone, I don't remember who, and I wish I could give them credit, had made, made a point that we know more about the world and what's going on in the world now than we ever have in the history of the human race. We know, if, if you were born 200 years ago, you wouldn't know about some of the things going on in the world. Our world feels like we look around and it's such a big place for us. We inhabit such a small part of it. But when you move out of our planet and you see the vastness of the universe the way that God does, and God can hold all of that's going on on planet Earth, maybe we're not designed to carry this much on our own. Maybe God is the one that can actually hold all these feelings. Maybe that's why it's so hard. And there is John. There is John calling out, voice in the wilderness, saying, prepare the way of the Lord. Wouldn't it be nice if we could mark our calendars for a day? You know, Buddy was so excited about Friday, 10 a.m. He knew Santa was coming. Wouldn't it be nice if, like, we had a day on the calendar when we knew Jesus was coming? Like, when we could celebrate that? You know, if, like, we had a season where we could build something up to maybe, I don't know, December 25th, and then we could just say, hey, Jesus is here. Wouldn't that be great if we had that? Aren't we so lucky that we've had these people that come before us who've carried the same weights that we do in their own smaller worlds that have prepared this way for us? We don't have Isaiah and John. We have something far better than that. We have Bethany and Rob. <laughs> but even better than that, there is only but so much the two or even three of us can do. But the amount of peace and joy and hope and love that you can bring into the lives of the people around us and in this community is far greater than what the three of us collectively can do, especially more than what I can do. So I understand and we all can understand that it may not feel like a time of hope. It may not feel like a time of peace. It may not feel like a time of joy or love. But Advent is coming because Christ is coming. And so you hold on to those promises. Isaiah saw it. John saw it. May you see it. May you hold on to those promises and may you be the voice of one crying out in the wilderness of this crazy, chaotic, beautiful life. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight so that all flesh shall see the salvation of God, the salvation of despair, salvation of war, 
salvation from division and anger and hate. You, us, we, are preparing the way for the Lord. We are preparing the way to peace, hope, love, and joy. Amen. We welcome you with praise, Almighty God of love. Be 
Gracious God, accept these gifts of treasure just as you accept the gifts of our time and of our talent, that they might be worthy offerings to you and that what we do with them might be worthy of your name. It's in that name that we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. A few announcements as we transition back out into the world. I should have reminded you at the beginning of the service during the offering to pass those attendance registers down and back. Feel free to do that now if you didn't during the um, offering. That way we can know that you were here. You can leave us your contact information if you're new and would like an outreach from the church. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. And perhaps most importantly, that you might know the names of those you're next to so that after the service, you greet one another by name, which you will do. As we head into next week, we'll be celebrating communion, the, the Lord's Supper. And one of the traditions we've developed in recent years is to bring diapers to donate for those families in deep need. And so feel free, you can do that anytime, but we try to make it a point of emphasis on the first Sunday of the month during communion. So I encourage you to bring diapers and you can either bring them up front as a visual reminder or put them in the basket, which is under the TV on the way into the community building. Excuse me for a second. <coughs> Leftover cold from the holiday. Uh, we want to support making this a holy season, a season for you to experience the holy as we enter into Advent next week. So a few things that might help in that effort, in addition to developing your own rituals, as I spoke about earlier. We will be recording a number of devotionals, uh, both the spoken word and the written word, building off of what's a tradition uh, called the Advent Word, where a word from the scripture readings assigned for each week is pulled out, and we write prayers or poems or reflections on those words. And each day during Advent, um, those devotions will show up in a couple of places. One, on our podcast, uh, WPC, The Daily Dose, wherever you get your podcasts, if you subscribe to that, and we can help you if you can't figure out how to do that. Uh, that will show up automatically every day. Just a short reflection, one, two, three, four minutes. That will also appear in written form on the church's Facebook page. You don't have to have a Facebook account to visit the Facebook page. Um, also, on the um, that will be in the e-news as well. Um, so make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter, which comes out once a week. Contact either of us if you need help getting signed up for that. There will also be a separate devotional posted on the members section of the website. You don't have to be a, a member, by the way, to access that. It's just so it's not completely out in the open. But uh, it's a very secretive password, Moses10. Uh, to get into the members section, and there you can find posted will be a different devotional 
uh, throughout Advent, so we encourage you to do that. Following off that, the Spiritual Life Committee, which is a fantastic committee that nurtures the spiritual growth of people of all ages in this church, will be hosting several uh, events throughout Advent. The first one is this Wednesday. It'll be an online-only gathering, a Zoom gathering. Uh, Ted Scott, former parish associate here, will be leading that which will then lead in actually to labyrinth walks that will be hosted as well. So just keep apprised in the bulletin and the e-news about all the offerings, but the Spiritual Life Committee will give you some ways to anchor yourself this holy season. Uh, Again, contact us if you need more help uh, connecting to the e-news or any other sources of information. Finally, last one, well, a big thanks to all of those who volunteered at the Alternative Christmas Fair, from the outreach committee that organized it, to all the committees that staffed and uh, brought in folks from the community uh, for all the tables. Uh, The live event is over, but I'm told there is still a chance to order things if you didn't get a chance. And there are plenty of these forms available on one of the tables out there on your way to the donut holes. So feel free to pick these up if you didn't make your orders, if you want to circle back and make another order and fill those in. And with that, our closing hymn is number 8-0. Standing or sitting, we're going to sing this together. I want to draw your attention to the last three lines down at the bottom. You'll note there's little X's. Those are claps. So when we get there, I invite you to clap where the X's are. Dash will show you how it's done. Don't worry. And we're going to sing this through twice. Shall go out with joy and be that Lord with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy, and all the trees of the field will clap, will clap their hands. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. You shall go out with joy and be that forth with grace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap, will clap their hands. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. Well, as you go from this place in this season of Advent, as you go from this place in this season of Advent to come, may you be filled with a spirit of joy. May you be filled with a spirit of peace, hope, and love in the very spirit of Christ himself, that you may share all those blessings with those around you. Amen. Amen.